This video is brought to you by Brilliant. Today, a US-led challenge to China's Belt and Road Initiative is unveiled. Norway's Labour Party loses its first local election since 1924. Libya is hit by devastating flooding. JP Morgan discovers a way to manipulate Spotify's royalty system. And a major source of lithium is discovered in the US. From TLDR News, this is your daily briefing for Tuesday the 12th of September 2023. Last weekend, heads of state from across the world met in India for the annual summit of the G20. For those of you who don't know, the G20 is a sort of expanded G7 that includes the African Union as well as countries from South America and Asia, which was formed in 1999 to coordinate a global response to a series of economic crises and has met once a year since the 2008 financial crisis. Anyway, a whole load of stuff came out of the summit, but perhaps most noteworthy was an announcement by the US and India that the two countries, along with a load of G20 allies, including the EU, planned on creating a new rail and shipping corridor linking India to southern Europe via the Middle East, aimed at fostering growth and political cooperation. The corridor, provisionally named the India Middle East Europe Economic Corridor, or IMEC, would apparently run from India to the UAE, through Saudi Arabia, up to Israel, and then on to Europe. While it wasn't made explicit in the announcement, the project is clearly intended as a US or Western-led alternative to China's various infrastructure-centred economic corridors in the One Belt, One Road project. Now, while this might sound like a great idea, or look great on a press readout, there are a lot of details yet to be sorted out. The White House hasn't given either a completion date or an estimated cost, although Mohammed bin Salman did mention a figure of $20 billion during the announcement. It's also only the latest in a series of vague infrastructure corridor plans by the West, none of which have really come to anything yet, and Erdogan has already come out against the project, arguing that any new G20 infrastructure project should go via Turkey instead of straight from Israel to Europe. Nonetheless, from the West's perspective, it's good news for a couple of reasons. First, even if this idea isn't fully formed, it's generally good that the West has finally started trying to compete with China on infrastructure investment. This is something the West has been pretty rubbish at recently, and if they can get better, that'll be good news for the West's geopolitical status and developing countries, which need this infrastructure either way. Second, it's good news for the US, because it's an opportunity to nurture diplomatic relations with India and Saudi Arabia, which Washington sees as geopolitical counterweights to China. There's more on the way, but be sure to subscribe and ring the bell to make the daily briefing part of your daily routine, or just search for us on your podcast app to listen along. Norway's ruling Labour Party fell to second place behind the Conservatives in Monday's local elections, making it the first time in 99 years that Norway's dominant centre-left party has failed to come first in a nationwide vote. Provisional national results show the Conservatives on 25.9%, an increase of nearly six percentage points compared to 2019. Meanwhile, Labour fell three points to 21.7%, putting them in second place.
It was a particularly bad day for the government's junior coalition partner, the Centre Party, whose support in the local elections fell more than six points, down to 8.2%, meaning they lose out on third place to the right-wing Progressive Party, who were up more than three points to 11.4%. The Labour Party has dominated Norwegian politics for a century and hasn't come anything other than first in a nationwide vote since 1924 though Labour hasn't always been in government. The local elections were a key test for the Labour-led minority national government, who have slipped a long way in polling for the national parliament since the 2021 election. The country's next parliamentary election isn't due until September 2025. Conservative leader and former Prime Minister Erna Solberg said a 99-year-long tradition has been broken. Let's use the progress in this election as a great motivation for the election campaign in 2025. So that's what's been happening in Norway today. Let's move and discuss what's been happening in Libya. Thousands of people are feared dead in Libya after catastrophic flooding caused by Storm Daniel. More than 2,000 people have died, the leader of the East Libyan government said, and according to a spokesperson for the Libyan army in the east, there were between 5,000 and 6,000 people missing in the city of Derna, which was hardest hit after dams burst upstream. Storm Daniel brought deadly flooding to Greece, Turkey and Bulgaria before moving south across the Mediterranean and making landfall on the Libyan coast. Libya is divided between two rival governments in the east and west who have been fighting for control since 2014. The conflict has left Libya with poor infrastructure and public services, which make responding to the disaster particularly challenging. Both the internationally recognised government in the west and the rival eastern-based government declared three days of mourning in the affected cities, and the western government called on all brotherly and friendly countries and international organisations to provide assistance. The UN says it's following the situation and would provide urgent relief assistance in support of response efforts at local and national levels. Before we get to Spotify, I wanted to tell you that in today's daily discussion, I sat down with Rory to discuss Australia's upcoming referendum. That's exclusively on Nebula, so use the link in the description to sign up if you haven't already. This morning, finance analysts at JP Morgan claim that Spotify subscribers could make around $1,200 a month by listening to their own 30-second songs on repeat 24 hours a day. If true, this would be a way for Spotify's royalty payment structure to be manipulated. However, responding to this claim, Daniel Ek, the CEO of Spotify, said that this is not how Spotify's royalty platform works. He tweeted in response to this claim that, if it were true, my own playlist would just be a Daniel's 30-second jam on repeat. For their part, Spotify also explained that they do not pay artists royalties according to a per-play or per-stream rate. Instead, the amount of royalties that artists receive might vary according to differences in how their music is streamed or the agreements they have with labels or distributors. This claim does open up, though, a conversation about fake streams on the Spotify platform. JP Morgan executives have suggested that as many as 10% of all streams are fake. Additionally, a Swedish newspaper also claimed that criminal gangs were using this royalty system in order to launder drug money. Last week, analysis by American geologists estimated that there could be as much as 40 million tonnes of lithium along the Nevada-Oregon border. 
According to reports, in situ analysis of the claystone in the McDermott caldera, which is essentially the sort of cavern around a volcano, found lithium at roughly twice the usual concentration, and mining is now expected to begin sometime in 2026. This is big news for the US because lithium has become a strategically important metal in the last few years, thanks to the fact that it's required for most batteries. As countries move away from fossil fuels towards a renewable, electrified energy base as part of the green transition, demand for batteries is expected to grow, which means that America's energy security will depend, to some extent, on lithium. At the moment, this is a problem for the US, because the US doesn't really produce all that much lithium domestically, and China accounts for a significant fraction of global lithium production. But this could all be about to change. In the final uplifting story today, we discuss some news about a newly discovered exoplanet. The James Webb Telescope discovered that the planet, known as K218b, which is 120 light years away from Earth, has shown signs of methane, carbon dioxide, and dimethyl sulfide. All of these are useful for supporting life on the planet, especially dimethyl sulfide, which is a molecule that is only produced by life on Earth, and is mostly emitted by phytoplankton. The discovery of these chemicals, the fact that the planet is in the Goldilocks zone, and the fact that it could have a hydrogen-rich atmosphere and a water-covered ocean, all point to the possibility that there could be life on the planet. Now, you just spent around 8 minutes watching a video to help you learn about the world around you. And that feels good, right? Well, that's the feeling you get from spending time learning and bettering yourself. And if you want to do this more, then we have good news. Long-term supporter of the channel, Brilliant, are giving the first 200 people who sign up using our link 20% off their annual premium subscription. Brilliant is an interactive online learning platform which is full of all kinds of courses which can help you improve your career and further improve your understanding of the world. They have more than 100 courses on everything from predicting with probability to how technology works to the concept of infinity. And these may sound like topics that you need to dedicate a lot of your time to, but you really don't. You can master big concepts in as little as 15 minutes a day, and you can do this anywhere, anytime. You can find the link in the description below. Thanks for watching, and thanks again to Brilliant for supporting TLDR.